Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. Welcome to episode eight, guys. And so we are eight episodes in. And this week, we are continuing our series on communication that we began last week. And in this episode, we're going to be sharing some of our favorite tools for healthy communication. This topic is kind of the topic that is most requested a lot when we talk with couples, various different opportunities where we've had a chance to speak together. And so let's be honest, every marriage can use some help when it comes to communication, especially right now. Guys, we're in the same boat as y'all. I mean... This whole entire pandemic we're facing right now has put a lot of extra stress upon married couples and especially if you have kids and just all the things being home and being in a confined space. I mean, tensions and pressures are up. And so this is all the more important right now to be intentional when it comes to our communication, the way we communicate to each other. So in our last episode, we covered some of the basics of communication. We talked about how communication is sending and receiving a message. We talked about how sending a message has three parts. It's the words that we speak, the tone of our voice, and our body language. And those are huge when we're sending a message, right? We also talked about or or learned about using the tools of assertiveness and active listening. So if you haven't checked out that episode yet, definitely check it out. We know it'll be a blessing to you. It's a great foundation this entire series. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, in this episode, we're going to go ahead and build upon what we have already learned so far in this series. And we're going to talk about a few additional tools that have been very helpful to us and that couples have poured into us and that we've had the opportunity to be able to share with other couples and they have found that to be helpful as well. At its base, healthy communication takes work. Mm -hmm. Anything that's worthwhile takes effort, right? So it's kind of like a muscle in that way. If you want to develop your muscles, you got to continue to work. You got to kind of strain them sometimes. And sometimes it hurts a little bit, but in the end, you reap the dividends and the results of doing so. And it's the same thing with healthy communication in your marriage. The more that you work at it, the more better that your marriage will be. Now we understand that both spouses in a marriage may not necessarily be communicating in a level that is beneficial to their marriage, especially if you find yourself in conflict. So it's not always possible to do that. But even if your spouse isn't interested in doing the work to work on the communication in your marriage, we believe that if you're willing to take a few of these tools and kind of subconsciously and and intentionally institute them, Mm. that you're going to actually find communication in your marriage start to increase because of the dividends and benefits that you'll reap from some of these tools. So we hope that you'll still go ahead and put these into practice to be able to help your marriage. For sure. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, honestly, you know, let's be honest, not Not every time that I'm ready to work on our marriage is Adrian ready. It just doesn't always happen perfectly like that. And so if you're in that situation where you're the one who's interested in growing in your relationship and you're willing to do the work, put the work in. These are tools that are practical enough that you can actually start to do on your own and you will see amazing results in your marriage without your spouse even really knowing that you're doing it. Yeah. Jedi mind tricks. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go ahead and start by talking about a few tools. Okay. We titled this episode tools of communication. So number one is give your spouse your full attention. You know, that's sounds like a simple tool, but there's a statement that I don't even remember where we heard it from, but Jen and I have said over and over again in 
this is very helpful to me. And I'll give you an example of this. Jen says often, give me your eyes. And so when she says that statement, we shared a little bit about that before, but when she says that statement to me, it's a message to say, I really need your attention at this moment. I don't find it to be offensive. Actually, it's kind of an alerting mechanism for me at that point, because I often get very distracted. So sometimes we may be in close proximity to each other and I'm on my phone or I'm just kind of, I'm in la-la land because I'm just, oh, I'm focused. My mind's focused on something else completely different at that point. And Jen is speaking to me. She's laughing because she knows this is true. (laughs) It's so true. And and so she's speaking to me and she wants to communicate to me. But when she knows it's something serious or she knows that I, she wants me really to get the message, she'll say, give me your eyes. At that point, I know, put the devices down, shut off the TV, shut the worship music off, whatever else is going on and be able to give her my undivided attention. So that way I'm showing value to her that she is interested. I'm interested in what she wants to share with me. Well, and let's be honest as well. I mean, it's it when you are giving someone your full attention, you are telling them through your body language, through your tone, through your words that they have value. They're valuable to you. And that is what this first, I think, exercise or this first tool really helps communicate most of all. When you're trying to invest in the communication of your marriage, when you are giving your spouse your full attention and you are engaging with them fully, you're adding so much value in that relationship that there will be a correspondence that takes place kind of organically throughout that process. All right. So number one, give your spouse your full attention. Number two is be encouraging, become an encourager. So I had a situation not too long ago where Adrian was just doing so much for our family. He was just spent. He was working for his job. He's a pastor. He was doing stuff for our church, but he was also just doing a ton of stuff for me and for our family. And I could see him just struggling. And I literally took his face like this and I held his face in my hands and I said to him, like, I see you. And I see the work that you're doing, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. And I said, I thanked him literally by word for every single item that he did. You know, I can't remember all of them now, but I listed them out. I said, thank you for doing this and this and this. Thank you. I see you. I see what you're doing, and I'm so grateful. So being an encourager is huge. Proverbs has a whole lot to say about a nagging wife. (laughs) Um, You know, if you read Proverbs, there's all kinds of, you know, verses about a nagging wife. And let's be honest, there's nagging husbands, too. Guys, you're not off the hook. True. (laughs) Um, True that. So listen, you guys, be an encourager. When you are cultivating that in your relationship, you're creating an environment where healthy growth can happen. If you're a person who's negative, tearing the other person's down, criticizing all the time. Nobody wants to openly communicate with that person. Nobody wants to grow with that kind of relationship. So be an encourager, cultivate gratitude, you know, look for ways that you can encourage your spouse, acknowledging things that they're doing for you and your family. It's so powerful. What you just said there right at the end is really, really important. Look for ways to be encouraging. It's something intentional and it's not always easy if you're not naturally wired to be encouraging, but it's something you can always find something to encourage your spouse about. You can encourage them that they're providing for your home, that they're going to work and they're providing for your home. You can encourage them that they're, you know, and this may sound trivial, like, well, why am I going to encourage my spouse about things that they should be doing or whatever uh, regular things that they're doing per se. 
but it builds so much life in, in that person. And this is really important because a lot of times people are just not naturally wired to be encouraging. And so there have been times when Jen is very encouraging to me. I don't have to ask her to do that. <laughs> there are times though, when Jen has asked me specifically, I just need you to be more encouraging with your words. And to me, I find that to be helpful because I need to recognize that I want to build her up as well. And so that is hugely important to me because it's not necessarily natural for me to do that in that way or to look for that intentionally. So then I'm on alert to look for that intentionally and then use those words to be able to build her up as well. Our words matter. And as we talk about communication, you know, we're learning about how to use our words, our tone, our body language, all the different elements. But our words matter. Be an, an encourager in your marriage. May that be known of you in your relationship. That other people see that, your children see that. Be an encourager. It's such a powerful tool for healthy communication. So the third tool, guys, that we'd like to share with you is to practice being assertive, aka expressing your feelings and asking for you what you want by using something called iMessages. Now, most of us have heard of iMessages at some point. This communication tool was first taught by American psychologist Thomas Gordon way back in the 1960s. And this tool has been greatly beneficial for us and everybody that we shared it with. This genius approach forces us to be aware of what we are feeling and be able to own our own feelings and then to be able to express those very clearly in a constructive way that is healthy toward our relationship. So Amen. A, <laughs> so there's a little formula when it comes to this actual, uh, the practice of using these I messages. And I'm going to go ahead and state the formula for you so that way you know. So it starts off by saying, I feel. And then we insert whatever the feeling is that we actually feel. We state what we feel. So I feel blank. When you, so that states the behavior that we're talking about in relationship to our spouse, what they actually have done. And then the last thing is because it states the consequence of that behavior. So this could be used both in a positive light, which we're going to show you positively. And then also when you're in conflict as well to communicate clearly, specifically how you feel. So I feel when you. Because I feel when you, because is kind of the way that it works out. So it's very important as you are beginning to use this tool that you actually use feelings words. We are super lazy in our culture in 2020 with our feelings. For example, we'll say, I feel like going out for lunch today. Well, there's no feeling in that. We want you to be very intentional when you're using these I messages to actually understand how you're feeling and state a feeling. In order to do that, we've listed or linked a resource in the description that you can print out. Print it out, y'all. It's going to be great for you. Print this paper out. And as you're using these I messages, whether you've done it before or not, actually use this paper to identify a feeling, a real actual feeling word. All right, so here's an example of how the formula works. Adrian, I feel loved when you unload the dishwasher because you're contributing to the needs of our home. I feel when you because. I feel when you because. So I feel loved. Loved was my feeling word. When you unload the dishwasher because you're contributing to the needs of our home. So it's very, very simple, right? So let's say I approach Adrian and I say something different. Oh, why do you never open the um why do you never help with the dishwasher? Or something like that. Well, what does that do automatically, guys? I mean, he's gonna get defensive. 
He's going to, you know, bow up and not or shut down and not even care what I'm talking about. It certainly isn't going to give him the desire to do the dishwasher anytime. (laughs) Yeah, you ain't going to get the desired result from that. Right. So when you hear me say, I feel loved when you unload the dishwasher because it shows me that you're contributing to the needs of our home. What does that do for you? Well, that's greatly encouraging to me because that number one shows that what I'm doing is appreciated. But then also number two, a kind of flip side benefit of that, it means that I'm serving my wife and I'm also serving my household in that way. And so it's beneficial in that way as well. And it's, <laughs> it's a lot more desirable to try to get that in that effect if you want the dishwasher unloaded than trying to come at me and say, hey, why don't you do the dishwasher yet? <laughs> that exactly. definitely ain't going to work. Exactly. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a really great way. This is a really great method to communicating how you feel and what you need. Okay. So that was a positive one. I feel loved when you unload the dishwasher, et cetera. So now you're going to share kind of more of a negative side of it. Yeah, so the opposite approach is kind of happens when we are in conflict, right? When we're in conflict, a lot of times it's really simple to not look at how we feel. We like to accuse the other person that they're the ones making us feel this way. And it's always you, 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 you. Like, for example, like Jen kind of said, if I was in her role and she said to me, well, you never unload the dishwasher. You never do this. You never take out the trash. You never care about how I feel about unloading the dishwasher, whatever the case may be. Insert all those different things or vice versa. If I do the same thing to her, if I begun the conversation by immediately saying you, then what I'm saying is that I'm identifying you as the culprit as to why I supposedly feel this way. And that's not, that's not really the point. I mean, cause you're not owning how you are feeling about this specific situation, right? Well, and not only that, but it, it makes the other person defensive. It's not going to, it's not going to be productive for your communication to attack the person with you messages or you statements. It's just not productive because immediately, as soon as you as soon as you approach someone with a phrase like you did this or you did that, they're immediately going to be defensive. And so it just shuts down any opportunity for healthy communication. Yeah. And if you communicate with an I message, what you can do is help your spouse by making them become aware of both positive actions or problematic behavior. And then you are opening the communication lines very clearly then at that way without becoming accusatory almost in that way. So it forces you as the person who's speaking to take responsibility for how you feel rather than blaming your spouse and putting them immediately on the defensive. When you're using only you statements, it is almost never productive in a situation to cultivate healthy communication in your relationship. So we're going to give you an example of how to use an I message when you're approaching more of a negative or kind of a conflict related situation. Okay, so here's what that looks like. I feel hurt when you are on your cell phone and I'm trying to talk to you because it seems like you don't, you're not giving me value. So, I feel hurt. I'm owning my feelings. I'm owning my stuff, right? I've had to sit and identify what it is that I'm feeling and then be able to communicate to him what that is. That is a much more productive way to even handle a situation where you have a hurt or a pain rather than saying, oh, you're always on your phone. Gosh, do you even care about me? No, that's not going to be productive. But if you approach your, your spouse 
saying, I feel hurt when you're on your phone and I'm trying to talk to you because it seems like you don't even care what I have to say. Like by you saying, I feel, it really does soften whatever you're going to say. Even if it's conflict, it softens it because nobody wants to hurt their spouse, right? You really don't want to hurt. Generally not. Generally not. Yeah. (laughs) Generally not. I mean, in communication, you don't want to hurt your spouse. So if your spouse is coming to you and saying, I feel hurt because of whatever this situation is, this behavior that took place, most sometimes we're not aware of the behavior. Sometimes we're not aware of the effects of the behavior. And sometimes even if we did it intentionally in that way, when we realize the results of the action, we don't want that result to be, to happen. And so that's intimacy then created when my spouse can actually say to me, I feel this way and you're acknowledging it. And then it's like, okay, now we can go ahead and address it because I know how my actions made you feel. And this leads to a great line of communication where it's open and honest then in that way. I also think it takes tremendous humility for you to approach your spouse with an iMessage, for you to be able to say and acknowledge how you're feeling. It takes tremendous humility. And in most relationships, when you display that level of humility, when you're communicating with your spouse, even if it's about a hard thing, they will usually acknowledge that. It really does produce life in your communication, even if you're working through hard stuff. Being able to approach it with humility, owning how you feel is a really effective mechanism for healthy communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So next up, we're going to move on to number four, building off of a little bit what we learned last week with active listening. Yeah. So active listening Remember, is the goal is understanding. It's not just hearing with your ears, but to be able to understand what actually happens in communication. Active listening means to let your partner know that you have understood them because you restate what they have communicated to you back to them in that way. You restate the message. You're listening to understand rather than just listening to jump in and to respond and not sitting over judgment. So understanding is always the goal. Understanding is the goal of of communication to be able to produce intimacy. And so that way, mixed messages are not being sent. And so this is a a really important tool in order that there is clarity in communication. So you guys, number five, we're going to move on to another tool that we've recently learned. We're really, really loving. So a lot about healthy communication, as we've already said today, really involves understanding yourself. Right. Because how can you send a message to your spouse if you're not really aware of what it is you feel and need? So what's going on inside of you? What are you feeling? What do you need? So I just finished this amazing book by Levi Lusco, and we're going to tag it in the description here. And we definitely want to recommend that you grab this book. It's called I Declare War, Four Keys to Winning the Battle with Yourself. So this is all about winning the battle with yourself. And I absolutely loved this book. And I absolutely loved a really, really simple tool that he shares within the book called the four square matrix that he talks about in chapter seven. And we're going to just share it with you guys here and then encourage you grab the book and make sure you check it out for yourself as well. Yeah. So here, here's how it works. Real simple. All you do is take a blank piece of paper and you draw two lines. You draw it across. You draw one vertically, you draw one horizontally, essentially making four squares in the middle of the page. And as you're learning to do this, he encourages you to actually write down and work through this process by actually writing it down. And then once you get used to it, you kind of just work it out almost in your head. And so you're going to have four boxes on this piece of paper 
that all represent a quadrant that are going to correspond to a different thing he's going to have you do. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in the top left, you're going to write the word analyze. And next to that, you're going to write, I want to. You guys, this space is all about slowing down, kind of stepping away from whatever the situation is, slowing down and really investigating what it is that you want to do in that given moment. You want to finish this phrase, I want to, with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Get it out of you, okay? That's what this exercise is all about, getting it out of you on the paper before you get it out on other people, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So do the work to determine what it is that's happening in you. What are you feeling? What do you need in that moment? I want to. That's the first square, okay? Now, once you've done that work, you're going to move on to the second square, and that is extrapolate, or I like to think of it like almost like investigate. So in that square, you're going to write this statement. If I do this, then this will happen. I want you guys to think about this, okay? So you've pulled away from whatever's happening. You've been, you've spent some time thinking about what you want to do, and now you're going to do the investigation. If I do this, then this will happen. So Levi recommends in the book, Walk that out to its logical conclusion, okay? If I'm fighting with my husband and I get in the car and drive away, like what are the consequences to that? What's the what's that going to look like? You know, what's going to happen? Like walk that out to its final conclusion. So Levi really recommends that you play this all the way out in this box. Okay, that's box number 2. This stop helps you understand the implications before you actually take action. If I do this, then this will happen. Which is so smart because if you rock out the result of what potentially might happen and you see and you realize it's really negative, maybe you think twice about actually walking walking it through. Exactly. All right. In the bottom left, you're going to write the word prioritize. And then re- what I really want to happen is dot, dot, dot. So answer the question, what I really want to happen is in that space. So now that you've taken the time to work out the scenario and the full implications in the extrapolate box, you're going to you're going to actually this step helps you slow down and consider what you really want the outcome to be. Okay, if Adrian and I have gotten in an argument, we're going to talk a lot more about conflict in the the next coming weeks. But if, if we've gotten in an argument, what do I really want the outcome to be? I really I mean, in my heart, I really want the outcome to be resolved. <laughs> you know, yeah. I really want to make up and, you know, work through whatever the issue is. I really want to probably be understood. You know, all those things are not accomplished if I jump in the car and drive away. Okay. So it helps you really consider what it is that you want the outcome to be. And then finally, in the bottom left box, write the word navigate. Next to navigate, we want you to consider uh, this question. And this is what Levi has framed in his book. What I need to do to get there is dot, dot, dot. I love what he shares in this, this section. He says that what can you do that will get you from where you are to where you want to be? Pro tip, it will often be the opposite of whatever you started out feeling like doing. Okay, so I think that is so true. I love the fact that with this four square matrix, it's really all about pulling back and analyzing how am I feeling right now? What you know, if I if I do this thing, what will happen and then prioritizing and then now navigating through this. Okay, it's it's so true that when we take the time to really process through a situation, allowing our heated emotions to calm down, we often are able to determine 
what really is the best course of action and readjust in that moment. In the heat of the moment, maybe we won't choose the best actions. But as we pull away from it and really analyze some of this a little bit, you can't you can. And what I love about this method as well is he talks about this. When you first do it, write it down, like print the piece of paper, you know, write a piece of paper, write it on a napkin, whatever it takes. Okay, but after doing it for a while and putting this tool into practice, you can probably almost do it in your head. Go through the four squares in your head as you're calming down, and it will help you determine a better course of action. Because once some of those words and actions are out there, then you don't want to deal with the desire with those results. A lot of these tools, uh, each of these tools we've shared so far are just really simple, but they work. And your marriage is worth the investment. If you think about a tool in and of itself, a tool is something that you take and it's used for a specific instance, right? Sometimes a number of these different tools we've already shared, and we're going to share a few more. These are ones that you take out at a certain time that you need that fit that specific corresponding situation. And so these are all various different things that you can be able to do to be able to help you. The goal is that we want you to cultivate healthy and honest communication with your spouse. We'd love for these tools to be a starting point for you guys to build off healthier and better communication in your marriage. Every single episode, we go ahead and give you some type of practical tool that you can put into practice that week, right? This whole episode has been full of different (laughs) tools. We'd love for you to be able to put one of these in practice or put them all and just let us know how beneficial they were to you just as you took them into practice this particular week. The ones that specifically spoke to your heart. You could begin by being fully engaged in in a conversation. Give me your eyes and, and talk about how that worked out for you guys. Practice using these I messages, be an encourager to your spouse and see how those things worked out. Use the matrix, the the four square method that Levi talked about that we shared a little bit. So pick one of them or maybe do them all and just let us know how those things worked out for you this week. We'd love to hear from you. So you guys, next week, we're continuing in our series on communication with an episode about fighting fair. In this episode, we're going to be talking about some roadblocks that happen within communication. We're going to be talking about what it looks like to set some rules for fighting fair in your marriage and how to set a timeout when things get heated. This is going to be a really great episode for everyone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we love bringing you this content. And so look for new episodes to drop every single Tuesday. We're going to drop them at 2 p.m. now, Eastern time. So make sure to check that out, whether you watch it on the YouTube channel or check it out on the podcast. And utilize this podcast, guys, man, to invest in your marriage. So if you're checking out this video on YouTube, like this video, subscribe, brings great exposure to Marriage Ignited. Or if you're listening to this on an audio podcast, like us, subscribe, rate us wherever you consume this audio podcast. We'd love to be able to bless you guys as we continue to bring you this content for Marriage Ignited. Definitely check out all the resources that we linked in the description for you this week. There are some amazing resources there. We want you to drop a comment and let us know what are some topics that you'd like us to cover within Marriage Ignited. We are just getting started, you guys, and we have so many fun topics coming up. We'd also love for you to hit the notification bell on the YouTube channel so that you can get alerted when we have a new episode that comes out. We are so excited about this awesome series on communication, and we can't wait to be with you again next Tuesday. All right, you guys, God bless you. God bless y'all. Have a great week.